Welcome to episode four of the All Music Is Good podcast, a show that takes a deep dive into a raft of recently released albums. This week we'll be taking a look at new material from Kamar Williams, Jay Haas, Taylor Swift and Danae Moore. But to do this properly, I need to call on the help of a man who some may describe as the McCartney to my Lennon, the Robin to my Batman, the Grant Hackett to my Ian Thorpe, the Daniel LaRusso to my Mr. Miyagi. Can I say a warm hello again to my esteemed co-host, Arik Bloom. Arik, how you doing, mate? I'm good, Waza. I've had a awesome week. I, uh, I actually had a lovely afternoon soaking in my spa. You're not tired this week? Not I, tired? I, yeah, no, it was great. It was a bit early. Usually I, uh, I wait for about 10 p.m., but this this afternoon felt kind of timely. It was actually I actually kind of used the spa as a green room to prepare <laughs> for tonight, and um, I just kind of got myself in the spirit zone uh, in order to come at this with uh, full energy and full focus for what is our our you would say our uh, it's almost like our Olympic lap episode four. It's a big achievement. It's quite exciting. It is very exciting. Well. Given that this podcast is dedicated to the pursuit of finding great albums, I think it'd be remiss of me to not draw your attention to the fact that it's this week it's been the 40th anniversary of um, one of the highest selling albums of all time, an all time classic. Um, and it was a favorite at the Kahuna Blue Light Disco back in the day. Um, do you know what Ooh. it is? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's been 40 years since ACDC's classic Back in Black was released this week. And I've been listening to it a heat this week. It's unreal. What a great album. Yeah, right. Well, it's, uh, it's for the, uh, all the folks down the, um, down the Western Freeway. They love that stuff. Anywhere within a 10-kilometer radius outside of the central business district of Melbourne, I think it's still, you know, it's a hit. Triple M, I think, give it high rotation. And um, but can you like that album was recorded only six weeks after Bon Scott died? Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. There's a whole lot of conspiracy mm. around that. Whether you know he actually wrote the lyrics and never got credited for it, and blah 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 blah. But um, that's another story. I've got some great. I've got a. I've got some good Bon Scott stories. Maybe we'll go to that a bit later. I've, actually, no. Let's go to it now. I used to work at a place called the Prince of Wales, uh, which is a pub in St Kilda, and um, there was actually a seat designated for Bon Scott in, in his memory. Oh, and this okay. was uh this was in the um in I guess the rainbow section of the of the Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. And uh and Bon Scott from what I've been told used to have a lover who worked behind the bar. Ah. Anyways, that's my Bon Scott story. Uh let's go there some other time I think. Uh Okay. Um let's change tact for a minute though. Uh and turn our attention to the All Music is Good Instagram account. Last week with much confusion, we inadvertently stumbled onto a new segment. The outcome of that misunderstanding was that each week from this point onwards, we will bestow the immense honour of selecting someone as the recipient of an All Music Is Good Instagram like. Last week, we selected Formula One superstar Daniel Ricciardo as an inaugural like. And this week, I've once again headed into Aussie legend territory. Um, so... I'm going to give you a bit of criteria here that I felt was important and maybe you can see if you can mm-hmm. guess who it is, Eric. Yeah, sure. All right, so my, my, my criteria for this week's candidate was that this person needed to possess a huge amount of mental fortitude, something that would complement the fact that neither of, neither of us possess any of that sort of thing. But, for example, yep. like this person should be able to withstand large periods of enforced isolation 
and I'm not just talking about your run-of-the-mill COVID isolation, like like someone could they could just drop off the face of the earth for a year and not see anyone. You're talking like you're talking like Navy SEAL kind of isolation or like um or martial arts master on top of a mountain isolation. Yeah, okay. Well do you wanna have a stab at who you think it might be? David David Carradine from Kung Fu, the eighties uh the eighties show, am I right? Well I didn't yeah, well that's true, but I didn't realise David Carradine was an Aussie legend, but Let's move on. He's not a nice No, he's not. All right. <laughs> Secondly, I wanted to find a person who would have a clear understanding of words such as like bulwark, bobstay, bottomry, brails, and bream. Is that, that mm-hmm. ringing any bells for you? Not getting close. Okay. And the third criteria that this, that this person needed to satisfy t- to validate an all music is good Instagram-like was an in-depth knowledge of the Earth's global trade wind patterns. That was a must. <laughs> so this is week, Ari. I've 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 no idea. I have no idea. Was no, I? No. I'm sorry. This is way out of my life. Okay. So this week, Eric, it's my absolute pleasure to induct one of the youngest sailors to ever circumnavigate the world. This week, we welcome female sailor and Aussie legend Jessica Watson to the All Music Jessica Is Good Watson. Instagram podcast live. Yes. Well done. Thank you, Jessica. Now, just to clarify, this is not a this is not someone that likes our account. We we kind of invert the way Instagram works, and we actually call out every week who we like. And we've currently we currently like three people on Instagram, and one of them is Jessica Watson. So thank you, Waza. No, I think it's four now. For, it's four. Uh, it's four. It's four. That's big news. Look, I think we'll reach out to her team this week in case she doesn't clock it on Instagram that we've yep. liked her. Um, but yep. like she did this, she circumnavigated the world when she was 16 years old by herself. That's way more than I did at 16. Like they, like, like the, just a fraction. Like her, she was sailing like 12 meter waves and had like full knockdowns of her, of her mast. Like it's crazy. Anyway, yeah, a weapon. let's move on with this show. Eric, let me take you yep. back to last week's episode for a minute. Like besides, um, uh, wanting to reach out to our unofficial sponsor from episode three, Ally Legal, to find out whether you are allowed to drive a car with bare feet, which I would like to know, and I maybe you can get back to me on that one. Um, I will. Imagine for a moment that I'm Dermot Brereton and you're Caroline mm-hmm. Wilson, and we're giving votes okay. for the best on ground performance for last week's show. Is there any doubt who the three votes went to? Well, I would. I don't think there's any doubt. I think the three votes went well and truly to one K oldest three votes. I concur. I concur. In second year university, I took a statistics class, statistics class, and it was all about advanced data sets and complex sample size analysis. And Eric, today I'm throwing all that learnt knowledge out the window. My gut is telling me that a sample size of one is enough to determine that the All Music Is Good podcast is clearly better when we have people on this show who are A, funnier, B, smarter, and C, more famous than we are. So without further ado, I'm going to throw it across to you to introduce our guest reviewer for this week. Okay, thank you, Waza. So for all of the 19 people tuning in tonight, I would like to extend a... Warm, warm welcome to our guest reviewer for this week, the boss queen of Melbourne, ladies and gentlemen, bringing to you to the All Music Is Good podcast, Niasha. Niasha, how are you going today? 
A N to the I to the A to the S to the H A. It's still weird when people call me a boss queen. You are the boss queen. I mean, that's I mean, uh, that, that's that's undoubtable. Yeah, it, can that can that count as I coined it? Like, if can I patent that? Does, you can patent that. That's uh, we can we can, we've got actually a legal team that work around the clock for these exact kind of issues, and I can tell you straight up, we're going to have actually uh, Ben Rinderman from LR Legal on as a guest reviewer in a couple of weeks, and we will mm-hmm. posit that question to our legal people. But yes, you can patent that. Hey, how's your week been, Nasha? Yeah, hundred um, percent. My week has been a roller coaster, but we moved. Do you know what I mean? That's life. But it's been good. Oh yeah. What'd you I say? You moved. You moved or you move? We move. It's like you know that oh, expression. We, we move. Like oh. you move forward. It's alright. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, y'all got, you so guys like, are revealing your ages now. Yeah, we <laughs> like are. We are. You moved. There's no doubt. <laughs> you moved like like you like like a like you haul man with a van kind of stuff. Like you or? No, we move. It's a movement. Okay, I gotcha. I when gotcha. we sort of uh, reached out to our, uh, like, uh, what's our team of people who, uh, what do you call it when you get, when you get a people, a group in a room and then you, you throw questions at them to see what they... Um, focus group. A focus, focus group. group. When we reached out to our focus group, <laughs> they definitely said wow. that our age was a problem on this show and we really needed to bring the age demographic down. Yes. That's what we're doing tonight. <laughs> no, what are you trying to say? We move. Well, what we're trying to say is that... Um, that uh, there's a there's a there's an overwhelming geriatric vibe to this show, and <laughs> and we're incredibly uh, lucky to have you know an artist like yourself to kind That's of right. help help us navigate through our own kinds of vintage uh, vintage disposition. So thank thank you for for, for for bringing that that new energy to this week. Yeah, vintage is, vintage is nice. It's cool. Hey Niasha, how are you finding uh, being creative in like in the lockdown? Has it been been okay or something? Um, that's a really good question. Um, it's been difficult because it's been a lot to think about, and it's overwhelming because you feel like because you have more time in your hands, you have you now you have time to create. But um, yeah, it creates this weird frustration when you actually don't have anything to say because you're you're on overload you're overwhelmed yeah but um recently i've been learning to like um break things down and know that you don't have to write a whole verse in one sitting you can do as much as you can and i've just been doing that whether it's writing a a sentence adding something to a song that's that should be good enough so yeah that's kind of how i'm going with it I was listening to um questlove's podcast a couple weeks back and he said that uh, that fifty percent of the people he knew, the creative types, were doing an insane amount of unbelievable work, and they were just seeing it as this opportunity to just be hyper creative. But the other fifty percent had actually were actually doing nothing, and they were just seeing it as a, a just chance to have a break and not have to think about music and just really paying attention to other things in their life. So, like you know, I, I think there's there's this sort of thing amongst creatives that you have to be doing something but there's a lot of people who aren't and you know you just need to be okay about that at the moment i think so if it's coming to you yeah go for it but if it's not then that's okay too i think yeah take a break i think yeah i just struggle with the idea of like you have to be doing something you have to be busy um otherwise you're not progressing so i've been learning to just chill out yeah that's important if the vibe's not there it's not there 
All right, well, let's just bring this podcast back up a bit and let's get into some albums for this week. What do you reckon, guys? Into it. Let's go. Okay, so the first album we're going to look at this week is by Jay Huss, and the album is titled Big Conspiracy. Arik, what do you got for me on it? So, Big Conspiracy, um, this was the first time I came across Jay Huss, and uh, I did a bit of research, so I'll, uh, I guess I'll let the listeners know a little bit about this artist. So, originally the, uh, named Mamadou Laminjalo, born May 27, 1996, and better known as Jay Huss, is a British rapper, singer and songwriter. He's currently signed to Black Butter Records. Jay Huss has been credited with pioneering the genre Afro Swing. He gained popularity in 2015 following the release of his song Demboy Pagon. Um, in January 2020, Jay Huss released his second album, Big Conspiracy, which featured appearances by Jamaican singer Kofi, Nigerian singer Burner Boy, and British singer Ella May. The album became his first number one on the UK album charts and received widespread critical acclaim. Jay Huss was born in London and grew up in the city's Stratford district. He's of Gambian and Ghanaian descent and was raised by his mother, who emigrated to England when she was 25 years old. Um, Jay Huss was raised Muslim and is of and is of ethnic Fuller and Akan heritage. And in his early years, he was growing up and wanting to become an actor until he pivoted to music. So I might lead into this record, Big Conspiracy, and uh, and just get it happening. I do need to do a big shout out to Niasha who put us onto this because uh, this was not on my radar and... I am so incredibly grateful to have uh, been shown this record and had an opportunity to sit with it. Um, it's my pleasure. From the people on, yeah, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm so yeah. It, it, it's yeah. I'm gonna gush. So let let the gushing begin. Let the damn Let's walls go. break. Here it comes. Let's so go. I felt from from top to tail, big conspiracy for me, just completely kind of set this tone i actually listened to it today was about well, it was a warm winter day in melbourne and the sun was out and it kind of had this sort of september feel to it and i sat in my garden drinking a few glasses of red wine and listening to big conspiracy and i fell totally in love with it um tell us why there's Ari. a particular sorry was tell us why okay well oh. There was just, there was an overall feel, something Jay Huss did, which was just really incredible, was it felt like I was hanging out with him and just kind of hearing his kind of world. And it's an incredibly cool thing when an artist is able to sort of create that environment for its listener and, and, and really just go, hey, this is me and this is my vibe and come on, come on in and hang out with it. And that was my immediate reaction to the record. Um, uh, I did have a couple of key tracks that uh, that I wanted to note and also talk a little bit about some other songs that I really loved. Um, mm. There were two standouts for me. The My favourite song actually was track one, uh, Big Conspiracy. I felt that it actually set, set the tone amazingly well and the flow was killer. Mm. And, then, and then track two actually was, it was called... Uh, my what was it called helicopter, and yeah. interestingly, Niasha, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. I don't want to embarrass you here, Ooh. but the hook 
that was sung on that track, I was like, damn, I could totally imagine Niasha singing that hook. Like there, there, was, <laughs> there, was, a, there was there was there was phrasing on it that uh, uh-huh. that that was just so in your lane and and you know as someone that spent some time with you and and spent some time hearing your music i was like damn that's you know that there's there's that there's that rhythm that 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 i've become so familiar with just hanging out with you so helicopter for me was um was was an absolute ripper and then i do Mm want to just kind of highlight a few other ones that i really loved um as kind of second place uh fight for your right i loved that track Mm -hmm. The lyrics were super fun and I I felt like I was in a club for that one and I also felt as though if I was in that club, I would have hands down been the worst dancer in that club. And um, and then there was uh, another one called Fortune Teller, which had this... That's the one, that's the one. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to throw to you about that in a minute because I want to get your take on that. But um, I loved that. that The beat was unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. then... um, and then there was my final one, which I just really wanted to highlight, was called Must Be. And mm. I, loved, I loved the lyrics of that. It made me feel like I was properly hanging out with Jay Huss. And Why do you feel you're hanging out with lyric. him? What, what was, what's, Go the, ahead. what's the vibe that makes you feel like you're hanging out with him? Is it a production there's just thing? Something, there's like, I guess it, like, there's something about like, sort of the lingo that he uses that you kind of feel like he's speaking two friends and is speaking amongst friends and and i guess in in the way he's presented his work it he almost invites you to be one of those friends so you don't feel excluded from the hang mm-hmm. um he had this amazing lyric in that in that track said saying are you gucci by association and mm. it was funny because um earlier this week i was um i was chatting with another artist from melbourne his name's crook letter and and he yeah. uh, he'd um yeah he texted me and he said Hey brother, I hope you're all Gucci. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. I'm way too old for that sort of um, lingo. And and then and then I heard this show up in the in the um, in the Jay Huss track, and I was like, oh my god, damn! Like I feel so much cooler having received that text message. I don't think I've actually felt that cool since year nine, um, when <laughs> I you know was dyeing my hair blue and wearing a vintage Adidas jacket. And as it turned out. I actually texted my mate Crook Letter as I was listening to Jay Huss and I was like, bro, are you across this Jay Huss stuff? And he was like, dude, 100%. Well, did get number and one. He said, this is, this, this is my main guy and I'm going to be signed to this same label one day just to get next to this guy. Honestly, this is Damn. the best the best album ever. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's all starting to come together. I'm so glad. I, f- I feel like I've kind of met the godfather of an entire sort of movement of music that's kind of popping in Melbourne right now. So I absolutely loved it. That's enough from me. I'm going to throw to you, Niasha. I want to hear what you, you had to think. Um, Like you said, my favourite one off that was Fortune Teller when he just goes, you're the one that I want. Yeah, me know, you know, she know I want her. She a fortune teller. I said, whoa. <laughs> the first time I heard that, I was like, whoa, 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 run that back. Run that back real quick. Um, <laughs> but personally, I think so far, I don't know how about all of you, but this has been my favorite 2020 album. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because with a lot of albums, you you get one or two or three of the songs or the main singles that they release as singles as the ones that are mm. the ones that shine in the album and everything else feels like a placeholder. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I think most of his album was like, I, I could listen to that in the background. 
it seems mm, like a song mm. you can just like vibe to like you're cooking or you're like cleaning and it's just like it's chill so were you over jay huss like were you over him before this album came out did had you listened to the first album um i had not i'd listened to some of the like his singles before that before he went to jail and then um what yeah there was one (laughs) he did go to jail he came out and man's dropped an album and i was like okay wow (laughs) i don't know that story i like that that's it yeah Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, he had this one particular song that's um, that was really famous. I can't. Oh, it's called "Did You See What I Done?" Came with the blah blah uh, and a white one. It was really really mm-hmm, popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I knew him from that instance. But um, I can't take all the credit. My partner actually put me on this album. He was like, "Yo, check this out," and I was like, "Hmm, interesante." Did you go all the way through the first time you heard it or did you just sort of sample it or how, 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 how did that first listen roll for you? Um, the first listen was very casual because it was like, um, you know, when you listen, there's music playing in the background, you're having a conversation with someone mm-hmm. and then, but I would stop him with every song like, Ooh, which song is that? Let me shazam that real quick. Hey, Oh, <laughs> which song is that? Like, <laughs> I don't do that often with albums. I'll just, I'll skim through. I'll be like, mm, okay, that's nice. That was cute. Yeah, I respect yep. it. But yeah, like I think, like consecutive songs, I'd be like, "Ooh, what do you say there?" Okay, okay, okay. Run the song back. I want to hear that again. So it's a lyrical mm. thing for you on this album. Um, um, I think it's 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 like what Eric was saying. It's a vibe. It's like you're just. Yep. It's a. It's like you just nod your head. Like okay, what's he trying to say? Um, his his lyricism is not like complex. No. On a like Kendrick Lamar level or like. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I simple, yeah. but it's it's a little bit witty, yeah. and I like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's got so you, the so simple fortune, production. It's not overproduced. Um, What's well, appealing yeah. to it's appealing to the masses. Like it, it's just he's just a he's just a guy who's like every other guy. Yeah, yeah. So I heard I heard fortune teller. You mentioned fortune teller. What was the other one that kind of stood out for you? Um, let me see. Fortune teller. I loved. Uh, must be as well. I really mm. loved, okay, Cucumber, I like, sort of, kind of. Well, actually, the alter ego me likes Cucumber. <laughs> okay. Ooh, um, tell me more. Who, who is the alter ego of you? The alter ego like a... of Nyasha listens to Rihanna and all gotcha. these other things. That's fine. It's, it's, she's a little bit, you know, rowdy, spicy. Right, right, and, right, right. You know, not always boss queen vibes. It's a bit, mm-hmm. you know. So gotcha. yeah, cucumber, <laughs> cucumber kind of taps into my out. There you go. Love it. All right, so we've got cucumber and uh, fortune teller from Niasha as kind of yeah. entry points to this record. What about you, Was? What did you reckon? Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, I, oh I, my I don't like gosh. that sign. I don't like what it. What was that? <laughs> just, what was that? I just want to start ah. this review by saying that all music is good. All right. It's about uh, to be a debate. How do Just I tell? Yeah, yeah, how yeah, do I, I tackle reckon. this one? Look, production tick, music tick. I've got zero problems with that sort of stuff. All right, it's in fact like, and actually, in fact, it's fully on the money. To, like to the point of being exceptional from a production point of view, I think. Um, mm. But where I want to go with this, like, I think I need to give you guys a bit of a background. So, like, I'm the father okay. of a teenage son who's into popular music. And particularly mm-hmm. modern day hip hop and R and B, and you know that's that's going to place my age as quite old. And 
like he's learning to play an instrument and like we bond at times on certain musical genres but when he listens to modern day hip-hop like i find myself tuning out after about 20 seconds i i just don't like it okay so yeah this album was at times very ballpark to a lot of the stuff that i'm hearing in the house these days and having to review this album like has really forced me to identify what it is exactly that bugs me about this style of music and like i think mm-hmm. i've put my finger on it so like do you want me to like talk about it or should i just shut up i think i think i think no i think we should we should get you on the um on the chesterville couch <laughs> and and you should take your shoes off and just lean in to this therapy how session. long have i got lean me actually here for it Mm-hmm. You've got as long as you want. <laughs> okay, so so the issue I have, right? It's it's the vocal hook melody. Okay, like it's like it's the same melody that seems to pervade like all top forty hip hop this day these days. And like while I think it's like an earworm to like to a demographic, like it absolutely annoys the shit out of me. All right, so like do you know? Okay. I'm gonna just do it. Like it goes, it's one that. And it's like the same thing where this melody, three note melody, just happens. Like, my name is Waza. Like, you know, I like weed. I'm, I'm here with Eric and Nyasha. Sweet. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Eric, you that's can just edit that this week amazing. and turn it into a top. That's 40. amazing. Actually, you should print that. That's a, that's a, like that. You should print that. That's an okay. amazing verse. It's, it, do, I know you're not going to go with me, but like, there is this melody that, it pervades like top forty hip hop this da- these days, and like I d- I don't know what it is, but it annoys me. So like examples for me of that are a big conspiracy, <laughs> which you guys love. Helicopter, fight for your right, like parts of Triumph, no deny intro for no denying. Um, so I think it's me, but I, I just don't like that melody line over that style of music. It's not working for me. Above all else, though. That is going on musically and production wise. I, I'm like, yeah, as I said, I just can't get past it. Like in most cases, like I think it's auto tuned, and like I think on this J Huss album, it's a bit more subtle, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm going to compare this to like what I consider to be great hip hop and R&B style albums, like I don't even reckon really it's in the You're about to really show your age. I don't right reckon. Now. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say it. I won't even say it. No, no point. Mm. So like, like okay. So on the positive side, like like as the album moved along. <laughs> I thought it got better. And Yasha's just, I'm looking at Nyasha from Zoom and she's just like, just like, this guy is an idiot. Anyway, I'm, um, I I, I did not say that yet. But, um, (laughs) like, like I thought it got better as it went along. And when he stopped doing the melody line and he's, he's just started rapping. Like I liked it a lot. Um, uh, there was like songs, like examples of that, like be like reckless and deeper than rap and one and only and play play. Like I love those songs. I thought they were great. Mm. But like, when Nyasha said before that um, she found that like it was strong all the way through, I sort of found that I, I thought that they were uh, they'd programmed the album to have the commercial songs up the top and then mm. the stuff that I liked, and I wonder what whether he liked it too, was, was deeper down in the album, and I thought it got deeper the album went along. Mm. Um, I think um, if I you can just jump in there, I can't please I mean, do. I, like, I can <laughs> totally, myself in the foot. I totally get what you mean around that whole sort of like I got hooked in on those sort of uh, on those hooks it is straight hook. away it is That's and and I guess you could say yeah is there a self-consciousness going on and is, is is there an intent in sort of dropping these kinds of hook in melodies for a market that might be a younger market than say for myself or for you like I mean he's 25 years old and you know yeah. and it's and it's for the club yeah so 
like I, I can totally pay that but I am curious to hear like you kind of vibed on some more of that sort of heavy hip hop that came in the in the back section yeah absolutely like I thought it was really there was some really heavy duty rap tracks later in the album like deep at the rap the last track all right you would have loved that you you love last songs on albums that would have been right up your alley i do i do i do <laughs> like final tracks of albums and i did i did love that i did love that um I, I will add one more thing was before we kind of get to our scores which is something that i picked up on this album and yasha i'd love to get your take i mean yeah <clears throat> from a from a from from you know i know you you come from a bit of a dance background as well i found that um like track one and track two and track three literally felt like the exact same tempo. Yes. Like the, same melody. The, the same BPM. And I was listening and I was listening, and I was listening. And then, and I was like, okay, bro, like, come on, can we shift up this tempo a little bit? Because like, we're, we're just sort of flowing on this one tip. Mm. And then track four happened and the whole thing flipped. And I thought from an album point of view, like for me, if I was kind of like yes, the person triumph. putting all the tracks together, yep. I probably would have put track four in the space of track three to kind of flip it and just like add a different sort of tempo. And I know was you're really particular about tempos, <laughs> but I might throw it in the usher. Yeah. So in relation to tempos and the kind of sort of repetitive tempo that I found in the first three tracks, I'm really curious to get your take, Nyasha, on, you know, I guess you've, you come from a bit of a dance background. I'd love to see, mm-hmm. like, how did you feel about that sort of tempo space in, in the um, in the record? Yeah. I mean, I do agree. Like, no lies. I feel like no album is perfect. So... Um, you said it was perfect from start to finish. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. I feel like you want to fight me, Was, no, and I, I feel like we you. can go. But, no, 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 no. It's you okay. know, it's up to you. I interrupted. <laughs> I'm po- I apologize. Keep going. Do you want to fight or no? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but... You know what? Um, I think to begin with, the three songs that you're talking about, I I do get it. I think they're both on a similar vibe, but I feel like it's also setting of the vibe as well. It's like, okay, let me just introduce you to like what's going on here. And then, boom, he turns it around with Triumph and then you get the horns and all that stuff. Burner Boy comes in, Cucumber's a little bit witty and dirty a little bit. Then you get Coffee, who everybody's loving at the moment. Then you have Fortune Teller, which I think is a hit. And I think you should release it as a main, as a single single. Um, And then, you know, and it gets back to the deeper stuff, which is more the rap thing for those people who like to listen to whole albums like was (laughs) and like deeper rap and that or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's almost like as if like he improved as the album goes on, like you said earlier. Um, Mm. But there are songs that I know were made for the people yeah. in my age group who like to vibe to that kind of music when they're yeah. at like house parties or at a barbecue or like, you know, just chilling, vibing with somebody. You know what yeah. I mean? Look, it's a total yeah. style. Totally. It is a style. I mean, it's it's massive. It's huge. Like, it's, I mean, it dominates top 40 charts, yeah. that that style of music. I'm just, I, I was just saying for me, I, I can't, I can't vibe with it. It's not, it's yeah. not what I like. But as I said, like I, there was heaps of tracks on there that I did like, but I felt mm. it was a bit. Uh, there was a real commercial decision made for on those first three tracks to pick the songs that would be the most commercially friendly, which is makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Of course you do that. But that yeah. that was the turn off for me. That it didn't help me get into the album. Uh, right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's maybe just like a, a preference thing. 
mm. to be honest. Because mm. for me, like um, like I said, Fortune Teller is like my favorite and it's like track number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and no you... denying and must be. It's like, it's it's down the line. Triumph, I kind of like. It's got the horns. I always love a good horn in a song. Yeah. I like the verses in and Triumph. And the other song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well. yeah, it speaks about different things as well. So... And I, it's it's very interesting that he called the album Big Conspiracy, considering we're in 2020. So Yeah, totally. You know, foresight, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because, oh. look, <laughs> 2020 is a whole big conspiracy for real. It's something. It is something. But yeah, I think it stays true to his style. It's like Shazamable music. Um, and it's easy on the ears to those who like that kind of simplistic, I don't want it to be deep and touch my soul kind of rap. But it's yep. kind of just like, oh, that's nice. That's an interesting bar there. Look, as yeah, I said, yeah, like yeah. I, I was really happy that you made me listen to it because, as I said, it forced me to identify what I didn't like about <laughs> it, which was a thing. Like so that. now I know. Um, should we go on and give this some ratings? Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, well actually, on. before we do that, Arik. You need to introduce this week's unofficial sponsor so we can get some sort of idea of what we're going to rate it up against. Thank you, Woz. Well, each week on the All Music Is Good podcast, we like to shout out our unofficial sponsor. This sponsor has no notice that they are going to be involved in this podcast. They contribute nothing to this podcast. However, we do feel as though it is necessary to praise some of the great uh, small businesses around our hometown of Melbourne, Victoria. So without further ado, I would like to shout out this week's unofficial All Music Is Good podcast sponsor. And this week's episode is brought to you by Sealy Posturepedic Specialist ChiroCare Mattresses in Thomastown. Taken from their website, several mattresses, several mattress outlets in Melbourne uh, well then, sorry, let me do that again. They have several mattress outlets in Melbourne and we know that big dreams matter! Exclamation mark. Similarly, we are among the top mattress retailers in Melbourne and have stores located widely across Melbourne. Check out our premium mattresses with the best in-back support and you will know that you have come to the right place. There are several types of mattresses that you will come to enjoy from time to time and this is why we have decided to create unique mattresses not based on category but suited to your tastes and preferences. The best part is that when you visit ChiroCare Mattresses you will know that there are several categories of mattresses available. There is so much to choose from and similarly they are available at best prices. Ladies and gentlemen, a huge All Music Is Good podcast shout out to Cairo Care Mattresses in Thomastown, 350 Settlement Road, Thomastown, Victoria, 3074. All right, what's your relationship to Cairo Care? Do you have a Cairo Care bed, do you? I don't have a Cairo Care bed. I've actually got a, uh, I've got a, I used to have a koala mattress, but I don't have that anymore. I've got, oh, okay. oof, I don't, I've got one of the mattress in a boxes uh, type mattress, which I will have to double check which one. It came from Singapore, actually. But it is quite uh, it, it is quite important to sort of note that mattresses are a big part of this podcast. I I saw Waz's recording room last week, and I noticed he had four mattresses up to preserve uh, a good soundproofing. Yes. So it is of no surprise that this week we shout out Melbourne's best 
Sealy Posturepedic Mattress Provider, Cairo Care Mattresses in Thomastown, 350 Settlement Road. As someone who uh, works their day job diagnosing people who have sleep disorders, I understand that... I I do do that. Oh, he does. I understand that a good night's sleep is important for people. (laughs) And uh, I don't have any first-hand... any first-hand experience with ChiroCare mattresses, but I dare say they may aid in helping people have a good night's sleep. Maybe not people who have severe narcolepsy or maybe, uh, I don't know, some sort of weird parasomnias, but, you know, I'm sure they do a good job. All right, let's get back. Uh, thank you, ChiroCare. Let's, uh, let's get you, into Kyra the Kyra. rating. So what, what sort of rating scale are we going to do? Is it like a spring count or something? I would say a spring count. I mean, I'm no... Count. Yeah, I'm no expert. I'm no expert on on mattresses. I mean, I have a memory foam mattress myself, but I feel as though ChiroCare have a specialty in spring count. So let's go with spring count. Maybe I don't know. Was what do you reckon? What's a good spring count? Oh, probably somewhere between a thousand and two thousand would be a good spring count in a Whoa. good mattress. I think. Okay, cool. So maybe if right. we just say a thousand, that might be easier to scale against. So a thousand equals one. No, no, out of a thousand. Out of a thousand. Oh, sorry. Right. sorry, sorry, so sorry. So it's sorry. like two, but like two percent. Yeah. So two, so two, right. no, so two no, is no, like two would be point point oh two. No, wait, two hundred. Two hundred would be two percent. Why hundred? <laughs> no, because that spring counts don't work if we do a hundred. It's got to be a thousand right, because bad, like we've got to be realistic. All right, so we're scoring count. this out of a thousand in a spring count scale. All right, was why don't you why don't you show us the way? Okay, well, Jay Huss. All music is good, and I, there were certain songs I like. Oh, I, I'm gonna go with a five point. Oh, sorry, five hundred and fifty out of a thousand on the spring counts scale. Okay, you rated it higher than I thought you would. Yeah, I did too. Actually, I was gonna. It just went up as I read through my review, and yeah, I thought yeah there were tracks that I did like. So yep, five hundred and fifty. It was a lot better than that Arca album we um. In, uh, we reviewed in episode one. So. Episode one, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Anyway, so what did, what did you think, Eric? Look, for me, um, I, you know, similar to what Nyasha was saying about, you know, chucking on during a barbecue or a kind of a house party, that was the vibe that I got. So for me, I'm going to score it a little bit higher and and sort of, I guess, acknowledge just the vibe that it created for me. So for me, the Jay Huss record, uh, about a 7.5 out of 10. You mean so 750? 750 on the spring count. Mm. The Cairo. What about you, Niasha? Okay. Where, where, where did you get to? What was your score? Look, so far, I don't really, I haven't really heard any albums that I, that get me a little bit, you know, what? up mm-hmm. in my head and all that. So I'm going to give this uh, 880. Spring count. 880 spring count out of a potential thousand spring count. So that is a mattress that supports your back. It supports your legs. Um, You get a good night's sleep and you don't sink too deeply into it, but you're 100% comfortable within it. I guess, would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, and you never wake up on the wrong side of the bed. That's it. All right. (laughs) I know you're hating was, but it is what it is. Uh, If you're cruising at 880 spring count, you're having a good night's sleep. (laughs) That's you're right. Because that's that sleep. Jay Huss album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's Jay Huss's big conspiracy.
Okay, so our next album that we are reviewing is the new Kamal Williams record. A little bit of background about Kamal Williams. He was born Henry Williams in 1989 and he's a British musician and record producer. Williams rose to prominence alongside drummer Yusef Days in 2016 as one half of the short-lived London-based jazz group Yusef Kamal following the release of the duo's debut album Black Focus, which earned them the Breakthrough Act Award at the 2017 Jazz FM Awards. In addition to live instrumentation, Williams also releases electronic music under his given name, Henry Wu. Um, Kamal Williams has put out three records to date as a solo artist. Uh, the Return in 2018, DJ Kicks Kamal Williams 2019, Wu Hen 2020, which is the record that we will be reviewing today. Waza, what did you reckon? Well, Arik, the thing that jumped off the page for me, as soon as I opened the album on Spotify, was that Miguel Atwood Ferguson was a featured guest artist. Like, last week we talked about the cool factor around Giles Peterson's Brownswood label, but Arik, when it comes to Miguel Atwood Ferguson, we're talking about a whole other level of zen-like coolness, aren't we? We are. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Miguel Atwood Ferguson? Oh, mate, anything this man touches is invariably amazing. Um, like, his bass line is amazing, at a minimum. Um, he's a he's a he's a violinist. He's a, an arranger. Um, he's a producer. He works with people like you know Thundercat, Philo, um, like everyone, everyone. He's he's just the the hip hop string arranger, isn't he? Um, but he doesn't just do hip hop. He's done something on uh, the Putbacks album that came out last year, and it's beautiful that that song. I can't remember yep. what it's called, but it's such a beautiful arrangement. Um, and you and I went and saw him, didn't we? Uh, we did. That was a big night, wasn't it? That, that was a big night. That was kind of all time, all that one was, of the all time great shows. That was amazing. That gig, and that had um, what guys from Hiatus and uh, Tom Martin was in the band, and Lee Fisher. Oh my god, that was like a top five oh night. God. You, you, it was, it was too much for you, wasn't night. it? It was. I actually left early. I left early um, because I, 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 I had a fever. Um, <laughs> the, the, I legit, I legit, like I had a fever. It was too good. It was too much, and I was like, I can't take it anymore. I have to leave. It was. It was I amazing. Can't wait to, I can't wait for your reactions when I review this album. Go awesome. on, <laughs> praise this, praise this Ooh, album. Oh, Niasha's throwing down. Um, all right, well, let's get, let's get. I guess uh, you know the Miguel Atwood Ferguson part aside. Give us, uh, give us your take on the, um, on the record. Was all right. So like last week's Zara McFarlane album, like straight up for me, this album was speaking to me on all the levels. I want a good album to be speaking to me on. <laughs> they had the intro song that said "Welcome." Then we blast into the drum and bass jazz before breaking it down on 999 with Miguel Atwood Ferguson once again sprinkling his magical spring dust all over the broken down grooves. For me, this album had flow. It's got some heavy bottom end playing and bass playing, filtered roads. Um, it almost had like um, a Stone Story mixtape vibe um, when I was listening to it. So, team, I'm fully loving on this album. Um, it says something that would reach, like for me, that would reach the modern jazz jam of Pigal um, when I realised there hadn't been any vocals. And um, I think at this point of the album, it had shown a heap of promise, and it, for me, it fell from its lofty heights somewhat. Uh, I thought it could have achieved higher, but track six and seven felt a bit like filler to me. Um, but then we got back to the sort of track Mr. Wu, which is a bit jazz doof and remind me of, you know, the Melbourne scene with Josh Kelly and ZFX's stuff, um, which I really dig. Uh, but then we got back to that lovely track by Faith Evans, um, and that was really nice. And, you know, Arik, you know, when I start getting picky about things like that, you know, I'm digging the album a whole lot. I do, um, I do. 
So, like, you know, for me, I, I don't know what I'm going to rate it yet, but uh, I thought the lull in the middle sort of took away from what could have been a really, really great album. Um, but, you know, if they had a sequenced it, the album a bit better, like the Jay Huss album we just talked about, um, the sequencing could have been a bit better for me. Uh, so maybe I'll talk. The two, the two songs I really liked were, uh, well, the first four tracks felt like a mixtape to me. So you could have just picked any one of those four tracks, but it felt like the first four tracks ran in a sequence. And then uh, Mr. Mister Wu, um, I really liked uh, in the back end. Uh, who'd like to go next? Nyasha, would you like to pick it apart and undo all the good work I've Are just done? Are you ready for my review? <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. Um, first of all, I do not know none of these two people that you were talking about, Miguel Atwood Ferguson and um, Kamal Williams, but it was a good change to kind of listen. I'm kind of in the same position you're in was from before, never heard of this person, and you're like, all right, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Um. So... Um, I didn't expect what I heard because when I saw Kamal Williams and I Googled him, I like to put a face to the name. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to the album, I was like, hmm, interesante. And then, um, yeah, I didn't expect what I heard. And there was like an, a mystery element to it. It seemed to flow like the first three tracks. I think I couldn't tell when the second track ended and it went to the third track. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that was on purpose. That was cool. It made it feel like it was seamless yeah, me- in that sense. Um, but generally I felt like it was like that kind of music that you hear in like a fancy five-star restaurant. <laughs> oh, that's <Basically>. a diss. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what happens when, you know, you work as a uh, sleep therapist was, uh, I mean, you'd be all over this shit. Oh, mate, that's not f- quite five-star, but yeah, no, no, no I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. what, what What is the link there, Eric? What are you trying to say? But you know, know you, like, you, know, you get just, to a I'm fancy place shit. and they don't play like music with words. They just play like you know i have dj'd that's in what it sounded like many of those it, fancy yeah, yeah, places yeah. and i know exactly what you it sounded mean. like a fancy restaurant like yeah. in bangkok or something it's set in yep, the vibe yep, yep. You said it's all vibe yeah i'm feeling like i'm feeling like docklands kind of fancy no restaurant as well no 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 no, no not docklands no. all right no she's maybe like, she's like talking um, <laughs> collingwood <laughs> She's talking more like chin chin or something like that like long grain or like yeah long grain long grain long grain cbd i don't know no, I think that's a totally yeah. apt. I feel that, Niasha. I mean, I I kind of got that same feeling as I started the track, and I was like, oh, groove, kind of groovy jazz kind of stuff. And I guess as I entered on the first track, "Street Dreams," I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. It it felt re- <laughs> it felt really trad trad jazz, like straight trad off the jazz. Bat. What? Um, but then it kind of it started to sort of there was something's happened and, and, and I started to get really into it. And I, I kind of want to just throw down a little bit of uh, a reference that I found in this record in particular. Um, so I guess similarly, that first track is sort of, it sort of, it, yeah, I wasn't there for it. But then the second track hit, which was called One More Time. Yeah. And it had this amazing drum groove and um, was, I don't know if this is going to, if this is going to conjure up any memories for you, but uh, it gave me this sort of early 2001 jazz drum and bass crossover vibe. Yeah. And there was this record that came out in, I think it was 99 or 2000 called Talking the Inside Beat, which was this remix record of um, drum and bass songs done by kind of jazz players. And it featured this band that like is super underrated called Four Hero. 
and it had some remixes of Aphrodite and as well as Ronnie Size. And, and that, it felt like it was kind of tapping on that tip of like, you know, high level musicianship kind of nodding its head to sort of a, you know, a kind of groove club sort of thing, but not going full banging. Yep. And I kind of really liked that part about it. Was that um, the um, album with uh, the Four Hero song with uh, I'm the Black Gold of the Sun, the um, Rotary Connection track? Well, they, they turned it into could, a drum and bass track at the end. It could be. I will have to research that. Um, so good. I need, a, I need a shout out to a dear friend of mine who put me onto that. His name is Tom Ben um, Hakayun. He lives in Jerusalem and he got me right into that sort of tip. And uh, that that is what I that was what I felt on my favourite track which was one more time and then as i kind of traversed through i sort of found myself losing focus um Mm. sort of like yeah it felt like background to me until this track big rick and i loved that yeah Um, i like big rick yeah that was my vibe i love the groove i love the hook um really great sounds i love the synth it had this kind of nice wacky vintage vibe to it um i was kind of feeling like i was listening to like bernie worrell from funkadelic and as I was listening to the track, I kind of was waiting for like a George Clinton, George Clinton Funkadelic era type narration. So for me, one more time, Big Rick were my two favourites, and then a th- and then the third place being Hold On, uh, with the vocal being performed by Lauren Faith. Yeah, well, and I so. felt like th- at that point it really brought the record into like a 2020 space, um, and it felt really relevant. I would have loved that track perhaps a little bit earlier. So those are my two fav. I'll throw to you guys in relation to your two favourite tracks. Mm. Um, go now, Asha. Um, oh yeah, my two favorite tracks were at Big Rick. As soon as that um, those drums came in, I was like, okay, now mm-hmm. you're kind of getting my attention. Okay, because um, yeah, yeah. everything else, like I said, it sounded like music from like a five star fancy ass restaurant, um, <laughs> which is good. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's yeah, a yeah. bad thing. What are it's you beautiful. saying? <laughs> Are you saying it's a five star? Oh, thing? now you want to fight? You, yeah, you, you just would, but, you're, but you're going to get you're yeah. going to get she's, that meal takeaway. Now she's saying it's now five she's stars. Getting that yeah. shit Uber Eats. That's an Uber Eats yeah. for you. You're not hanging around. <laughs> yeah, but it, it like it does sound like um, music that maybe it's because like I'm I'm a lyricist, so I love having lyrics in songs. Yeah, um, that's what draws me into into like a song. Yeah. So I guess to me it just felt like yeah, cool. I like it, and it's kind of backgroundy like you know it adds a vibe just like with the j house album it was adding a vibe to a barbecue this was adding a vibe i think i'm always talking about food as a vibe <laughs> to a fancy <laughs> restaurant um but i love big rick and i liked hold on it has these gospel vibes to it that just mm. yeah it was cool i think that's important um differentiation to make because when we had um kylie alderstone last week w- we had the same um issue in that both Eric and I listen to music first and lyrics second. And when you get the point of view of a, someone who listens to it from a lyrics point of view first, like it, it gives a completely different spin on how people are listening to albums and digesting it. So mm. absolutely, like I can see why, you know, this wouldn't have ticked a lot of your boxes. But I, uh, as Eric was saying, I really liked uh, One More Time as well and Big Rick didn't do much for me, but uh, and yeah, One More Time and, and Mr. Wu, they were my two favourites. Anyway, let's uh, let's rate this thing. Let's rate it. Eric, what do you got? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot from the hip here. Um, uh, look, definitely something that like might go onto a shuffle 
of a, of a kind of Spotify collection, but not something that I'm going to revisit. Um, if, if jazz is your thing, then, then I'm probably not the guy to be sort of recommending yes or no, but I'll just give you from my take. I gave it a 5 out of 10, which is 500 in the spring count of Chiracare mattresses um, from to- uh, 350 Settlement Road, Thomastown. And, uh, and that's my score, 5 out of 10, 500 spring count. What about you, Niasha? This one is really hard for me to score because I feel like I'm biased because it's not music that I generally listen to mm. um, and stuff. So Your review is um, important to our listeners, Niasha. I think as a body of work, it does well for what for, for its purpose. Yep. Um, but for me personally, if I'm to personally rate it on um, listenability, if that's even a word... <laughs> For me personally, I said it again, personally, I'm <laughs> going to give it a 450. 450, 450 spring Okay, down. let's make it 430. Let's make it 430. 430, oh. all right, 430. So that's a really soft, it's almost like a feather, feather mattress. You sink <laughs> in, back's a bit messed up. Yeah, um, okay, Big Rick kind of does something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, Big Rick kind of like you know, pumps up the kind like, of oh, foam. Okay, gospel vibes, I like that. Yep, yep, I feel that. What but about you, Was? Fancy restaurants often, so. Y- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, before I rate it, I feel like I should go back and re rate the J Haas album now that I've heard in Asha's <laughs> score. He does, he does this every week. He does this every week. <laughs> okay, I obviously liked it a little bit more than both of you guys. I like the cinematic quality to it. I like Miguel Wood Ferguson. Like, every time I hear his strings soaring over songs, it just does something to me. So, I'm going to give it. 700 out of a thousand on the Cairo Care spring count. That's nice. Yeah. So, and what, what does that do for Jay Huss then? Was, uh, look, let me give me a couple more reviews and I'll come back to Jay Huss at the end. I think it's going <laughs> All right, down. So, we got a, well, we got I a think four. You're just a hater. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Clearly, clearly. So, we got a 4.3 from Nyasha, we got a five from me and a seven. 700. Is that right? Yes. Seven, 700 from Was. Awesome. Okay, that's uh, Kamal Williams' new album, Wu Hen. The third album we have for you this week is Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore. So unless you've been living under a rock for the past 10 years, you would have heard of the multi-platinum Grammy award-winning artist Taylor Swift. At just 30 years of age and having done it all last week completely out of the blue, she dropped the album Folklore with minimal fanfare. The album is a collection of songs that were written during isolation in conjunction with Aaron Desner, the guitarist from American Indie Act, The National, who co-wrote 11 of the 16 songs. So, who wants to kick this off? Arik, would you want to go with this? I think you're going to have a few things to say about it, aren't you? I got a, I've got a few things to say. So, okay, where to start? I might start with with my kind of in points and my good points, and then I'll get on to my um my sermon about this about the kind of impact and importance of this album. So, for me, the track kicks off. I believe it was track number two. Let me just double check. But there was a track called Cardigan. Um was if you can just have a quick squeeze, let me know if it was that track. I think it was track two, not track one. But Cardigan for me, I was like, oh God, that's a good song. That's a good piece of pop writing. 
gosh, like just hooks and 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 nostalgia and it just did all the right things. And then there was another track called Exile, which again I was like, Yep, here we go. That is absolutely perfect pop writing. I hate it because it, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um I was listening to it with my um with my housemate, uh, Dr. Amy Spears and and as we listened to it, she said, I'd sing this at karaoke. And I was like, damn right you would. It's 100% like the ultimate karaoke yeah. song. And then th- another song, which was just, again, a brilliant piece of pop writing, was Tears Ricochet, which I felt was just the ultimate breakup song. So the early part of the album, it was just like hit after hit after hit. I think I was those three songs were in the first five. And I was like, oh man, Taylor Swift, she just knows how to write a mega pop song. And as I sat with the album a little bit longer, I just got increasingly more <laughs> furious. And I got a little bit, I got more furious just having kind of watched the Taylor Swift documentary earlier this year. I think it was called yes. Miss Americana. And the kind of fuss that that documentary made about this moment where this incredibly apolitical, vacuous vanilla pop star decided to insert herself in some kind of realm of politics Mm. and it became like this kind of cornerstone of the film as though and suddenly taylor swift has decided to say something and and you know i mean everyone comes to their own political awakening and political consciousness at different times in their life so i'm not going to hold it against her for you know waiting until she was a billionaire pop star to say anything of note and I will encourage her to continue to sort of speak about issues but what I found alarming about this record is in light of everything that's going on in the world and everything that she would be aware of from being on Twitter she did not make any political statement or say anything apart from speaking about her breakup which for me is not necessarily something that I care to really engage in. I'm kind of like, Taylor Swift, you've got a platform, you threw down in your documentary as someone that had something to say and you've backed it up by saying absolutely nothing. So from my point of view, um, some great pop writing and that's what you get when you have million dollar record recording budgets, you get the best in the business and yep, great songs and I will score it after Mm. I hear from you guys. (laughs) So, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe Nyasha, I might throw to you. What What was your take? Look, um, you know, it's not good when someone says look. <laughs> um, um, Taylor Swift is not somebody who uh, was albums I check for, whose singles I check for, just in general. Um, and I think the only Taylor Swift song that I've ever really liked was Bad Blood. And <laughs> Great song. Um, so here I am, you guys suggesting I should listen to Taylor Swift. And I was like, why? <laughs> why would you make me do yeah. that? Well, it's an album but review podcast. I say, what was that? Sorry. It's an album review podcast. We review albums. That's why we asked you to look at it. <laughs> I know. But albums I like, like J-Hus. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I don't generally listen to Taylor Swift. It's not an album that I would check for. I didn't even know she dropped an album. I saw it in the corner of my eye on social media, um, on Twitter, but it was just something that I scrolled through. And they just but, scrolled, scrolled past Yeah, it. I was just like, oh, Taylor Swift. Okay, cool. Didn't she release another one just last year? Wow, that's quick. Anyways, and kept kept it pushing. However, um, I think 
she was in a songwriter bag in this one. Mm. I, I got to give it to her. I was like, you know, as a lyricist, once again, I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, mm, okay, Taylor, I, I see what you're doing. I see what you're saying. Um, and um, of all the tracks, I did really like Cardigan. Um, but I, well, not but. To me, it sounds like music that you would hear in like a teen movie with like mm. crying and shit. Yeah. And like, what's it called? Like the totally. Fault in Our Stars. Those kinds of teeny bopper. Hundred percent. I think this is. It felt soundtrack. to me, yeah. It felt, yeah, yeah. It felt to me like an elongated soundtrack to Dawson's Creek, which was this like soap from the early two thousands. Yeah. So I totally feel that. Yeah. Like Niasha, do you reckon? Do you reckon there's like? Do you reckon that that's kind of like a self conscious sort of intention? So that like they're kind of writing it to go, this is going to be great in a Netflix <laughs> film. Or do you reckon she's she's got like this kind of disposition that just writes instinctively and suddenly it matches vision? What, what's your take on that? Do you reckon there's like a premeditated kind of take on the way they write the songs? Um, I feel like because I don't listen to Taylor that much. I feel like it's, it is a little in this one. It's a little bit of both. Because from based on the so, like mm. the songs that I listened to from the previous album, and like you said, there were a lot of political statements that were made in the previous album in comparison to this one. Mm. And this is music right like written in isolation, mm. as as you stated. So I don't I don't know. I feel like mm. it's it's not as overproduced like Shake It Off, for example. It's not in that kind yep. of realm of like pop bubblegum pop pop, but it still has that pop element where I think teenagers are like crying and all over it because it's just such Crying emotionally oceans. you know sad music and i know for a fact somebody at netflix was like bet 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 we need this in this this little new teen show or movie that's coming yep. out that's her market i wouldn't be surprised yeah yep. that's her market yeah and exactly i think she yeah. catered to her market hmm. the political one i think it was more like hey oh cool you support the lgbtiq wonderful people are like i really like you because you did that but this one is like i'm going back to my fans who like to hear about me singing about breakups mm. and yeah mm, mm, totally look i mean she was appealing to her yeah. base yeah can i take you up yeah, on that point yeah. Eric, that you made before that she didn't say anything when she was given the opportunity like like i i think that's a very fair Go point to make but i also think that you know, given the times that we're in, like it's affecting people so differently. And I'm not going to come here and stick up for Taylor Swift. She has a platform <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And perhaps if things had been different than they are at the moment, maybe she would have done that. I mean, we don't know. But, you know, some people have just gone into their shells and become really introverted at this time. And maybe that's how she dealt with it, by just doing something, you know, introverted. And Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you up there for a sec and just sort of say that like this is a major record company with millions of dollars and a mega marketing budget and focus groups up the wazoo going what's going to But they did they do this for this one because... And they've gone, you mm. know what, Taylor, stay out of like saying anything because it might be too scandalous, it might be too divisive and it's going to be bad for your image. Mm. That's my feeling. I don't think this is like an artistic decision. I think there's a whole lot of people behind it that are making Look, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Like, I hear what I, you're saying. I don't know what happened, but like, you know, if I've got a billion bucks i don't really give a shit about who's telling me to do what like i've got a billion dollars like i'll do what i want yeah <laughs> yeah no i'll pay that i'll pay that anyway you you want me to talk about for that money. i mean whether 
yeah. whether or not she would have said something concerning what's happening i don't even think i really would have listened regardless yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> good point but i think maybe for sure i'm just being honest but not not like it's not shade or no hate to taylor swift it's just no. not my music my kind of yeah. something that i like i look forward to hearing it's just not my vibe yeah. um but yeah i think she yeah. was in her bag with it and she went back i think maybe it was one of those albums where it's like we did the political stuff and then you maybe lost a few fans and then you're like okay let me go back to what they know and love yeah kind mm-hmm. of garner that you would hope that wasn't the case that but love back. maybe you're probably know. you're probably right yeah um don't we ever talk about it that was quick a year Mm. Yeah, that was quick. For an album? Dang. So, um, I, I want to say straight off the bat that uh, this is actually a proper old school album, guys. Like, it's got 16 tracks and it clicks in over one hour and three minutes. Like, how many okay. albums can you say that? We've looked at that so far. I think the longest has been like well, 45 Jay minutes. Well, was about Tops. 13. Jay- <laughs> Jay Huss got up to 13, FYI. I've uh, yeah, feeling, but it was only so like 40 minutes, I think. We'll, we'll, yeah, that's true as yeah, well. Yeah, it was like, like two minutes. Yeah. No, fair enough. 30 songs. Yeah, so maybe that's a good thing, maybe it isn't. But like, I, I think yeah. massive props for that. Um, um, secondly, I'd, I'd like to pay tribute um, to an album where you can actually understand each word and sentence that the vocalist is singing. <laughs> That's Ooh, like, I think. All right. Like, like was as it was as a sticker for this kind of stuff. I don't think. I don't just think it's her articulation, though. So, so what did you understand in that sax, <laughs> that sax solo? Yeah. Was it? Where, where was the lyrics? I'm where talking the, the Kamala Williams uh, record. Don't don't take it first, Liz. Were you understanding like a kind of musical bass clef? Where are you coming from? Like, I'm just saying that she articulates really well, and whoever mixed it has mixed mm. it really well, so that you can actually understand every word that she says and like in a perfect world you'd think that's like a really normal thing but i reckon it's the exception like you hear lots of albums where you've got yeah. i understand like every second or third word so i think that's a good thing <laughs> unless 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 you count the uk's hip-hop scene which we did dub a couple of weeks ago as the really well articulated hip-hop scene didn't we eric as the most eloquent it is mm. the most it is the most eloquent type of music we we shout out little sims who, oh so good who we we her record was just like from top to tail just 100 yeah. percent uh legible what? so no no i feel that i feel that i mean like i think like i like without with, with having kind of panned the taylor swift record the songs themselves i found like i was immediately able to kind of sing them back to myself straight away so props to yeah. taylor smith for her elocution She's uh, got wonderful elocution. I think she knows that um, people connect <laughs> with her and her lyrics. That's that's her marketplace. She knows that. So if she doesn't do that, there's going to be a disconnect between her and her audience. So that she needs to do that. That's yeah. that's her thing. Um, when I when looking into this album, like I came across a heap of five star reviews. Like that's what sort of piqued my interest in the first place to want to review it. Um, and I'm not a Taylor Swift hater. Like like my kids. Um, five or six years ago like they flogged that 1989 album when it came out and i loved it i thought it was mm. i thought it was genius like in in terms of pop pure pop albums like i thought it was an amazing piece of work and like her position as a bona fide pop queen is is thoroughly thoroughly deserved on that album alone i thought it was really good so having said that like this album for me is not five stars like it's likable enough um 
Mm-hmm. But what, what would you call the genre? What are you calling the genre of this album? I would call question. it. I I would call it um, like it's basically, um, it's like it's like pop indie. So like they're going for this kind of indie thing with like pop writers who came from an indie background. Mm. Um, I wouldn't call it like top forty pop. It would be like I I call it kinfolk pop. You know that kind of hipster magazine it's like kinfolk i'd call it kinfolk pop that'd be what i'd call it okay well mm, okay that's something uh it, like as, i think <laughs> as you said Eric, like was like, that sarcastic yeah very that's sarcastic something. um now like i reckon if it had been given the full pop treatment like this album would have been a winner um as you said earlier on like yep. there's the yep. the anr guys you know they got their programming right at the start they put all the the potential hits up front, but like they were, they were lacking for me. Like they should have been pop songs. Um, like I, I think full, full commendation for to try for trying something different. Um, mm. um, and as an artist, all you want is a space and a forum to express what you're feeling creatively. But I felt a bit robbed um, after yeah, listening to the album. That's true. Um, but like having said it, like like as it progressed, like I found access points, but I question whether it was written all in isolation because they had all the commercial songs up top and then they had a bunch of indie songs in the middle like from mirror ball through and then towards the end you got this sort of um with the songs betty and peace like it was quite cheryl crow sort of country style music um mm. and mm. i w- i would have liked it to be more totally. in that vein like yep. if the it was songs like the last few songs i that was appealing to me but ah uh, you know it's it was okay a bit of shania a bit of shania no, twain, not shania twain. Just kind of reboot. Okay, fair enough. Mm. Should we rate it? <laughs> well, should we go to scores? Let's go. I mean, I might start because I guess my take on the album, I, like it was like these brilliant songs and then I started getting kind of in myself and, and thinking about, you know, this as an album and, and, and its kind of place in, in 2020. And for me, that that sort of governed the score that I give and the score that I give on this record is 2 out of 10 from an album Whoa. point of view. 200. 200 spring 200. count. Mm, yeah. Okay. And that and and that's really that's really coming from a from again like a standardization of someone that that has his platform to do something great and not necessarily taking that platform in light of them sort of you know, making millions of dollars talking about the fact that they now have a platform and say stuff after a Netflix special. So she's kind of, that's the standard that I'm grading it on. You're um, holding Miss Swift to a you, very Nia? high standard. What about right. you, Niasha? I'm going to pass this to Waz first. I want to hear what your rating is on this. Okay. Um, I would love to rate it, Niasha. Thank you for that throw. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to rate this. I have an I have a number written down here, and I'm going to rate it six hundred out of a thousand on the Cairo mattress spring count. Mm. What about you, Niasha? I mean, you were connecting with some of the lyrics. Um, you thought it was better than you thought it was going to be. Look, maybe you thought um, it was going to be one. I'm going to give it 
once again, it's not my vibe. It's not my style. So I'm a little bit biased on how I um, give this final score. But I think I would probably give it We're waiting. 400. 400. So that's 400. Uh, so actually, 400, mm, let me think 200. that again. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll give it a three, 330. Oh, God. Five. I'm sure just going to go up. 330. <laughs> 330 spring power. Whoa. It's like the kind of, it's kind of, it's like the kind of, 348 spring count. That's the kind of mattress that you find on a hard rubbish type collection on the side of the road. Wouldn't you say? It's kind of like, yeah. it's oh, not, not uh, like you know, that. I'm not strug- saying it's struggling. Some- I'm just saying, I feel like Cardigan <laughs> saved it for okay. me in the sense of like, it's a song that I'm like, okay. And you know, it's, it's a, it's lyrically, it's a good song. And, um, yeah, I I guess I see the vision. It's it's a song that you would probably find in a teen teeny bopper movie, and I think that's you know good yep. as an on the business side of her being an artist. I think that's a good thing. Well, that's a mar- that's got a marketplace. But, it's yep. a marketplace of you know teenage kids basically. So are you saying that exactly? Market, and you, I you're saying teenager, that market's so... you're saying that market's irrelevant. Are you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I ain't a teenager, so. <laughs> Sorry, three thirty. Not my bed to lie in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, that's yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's like a yeah a single single bed in a in a tw- in a thirteen year old yeah. bedroom with basically it sounds like it's like a king single mattress. in a hostel. A king single. King I don't single. know. If it's quite it's a king, king single. Three thirty. Like not saying king single to me. Eric saying sleeping bag on a like a like a blow up mattress. You're saying like a, a regular single. I'm saying a, yeah, swag on a swag on a on yeah. an inflatable. Not even a swag. Mattress. No, no swag's more three hundred. I think you just said blow up inflatable mattress. Not your foam rollout, but a blow up inflatable with a sleeping bag. Not your foam. That's what you out. gave it. Yeah, blow up, blow up mm. with like no automatic, yeah. no automatic pump, manual yeah, pump. Manual pump. <laughs> what about you? I already said it. I'm six hundred. So I think we're done with this album. Let's move on. That oh, was yeah, six hundred. <laughs> We are done. We are done. That was Taylor Swift's folklore. The last album we have for you tonight is Danae Moore's Modern Dread. Danae Moore is a British Jamaican artist and a singer who rose to prominence as a guest vocalist on some tracks I used to call SBTRKT, but today I just realised it's actually Subtract Idiot. Subtract's 2014 album, Wonder Where We Land. She released her first album, Elsewhere, in 2015. Her second album, We Used to Bloom, was released in 2017. Moore was born in Jamaica and her dad taught her to play piano before her family moved to Stratford, London, when she was 10. Wasn't that where Jay Huss was from, Stratford? Mm-hmm. That is where Jay, Jay Huss is from. Mm-hmm. I wonder if That's they went to school together. That's something. There's definitely something going on in Stratford. Yes. After she left school, she played in small clubs in East London before signing to Because Music. Her musical style is seen as a mix of soul, folk, electronica and various other styles. Moore has said she takes influences from Lauren Hill and Bon Iver. She refers to her music as genre-free. Nyasha, would you like to tell us what you thought of this album? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny pointing me out at the start. Do it. Um, I must say I've never heard of Denai Moore. Um, and yeah, so that was interesting having two artists within this um, four picks that I'd never heard of so I'd had to really like listen and pay attention um but yeah it gave me like electronic pop-ish but like alternative vibes with it um 
It had an interesting combination of sounds. Yeah. But sometimes I, I would get lost in it because I, I, I wanted to understand the direction it was going in, but I wasn't so sure. Um, But yeah, I think my favorite tra- track on that album was Slate. I think at the start, her phrasing is just like immaculate. I love hearing new ways that people um, work melodies and phrase yeah. their words in, in their song. Yeah. She's a great singer. Um, what else? Any other tracks? Um, I'm gonna just pass it on for now. <laughs> All right. Actually, I'm gonna have a go at it if that's okay. I think I might like. Yeah, to you go. Speak you go for it. Like for me, like you could certainly hear a big fusion, as um, Nyash was saying, a big fusion of influences and genres represented on this album. And I think for many artists, this often leads to a confusion of ideas that don't translate well, and and so they don't become good songs. Um. I think in Danae Moore's case, the opposite is true. Um, I think she does a really amazing job at blending multiple styles and turning them into something that's really cohesive and unique. Um, a good case in point um, is track two, which is called, um, let's have a look, that's Don't Close the Door. Um, it's very sort of folky, Bon Iverish style um, intro vamp and then it builds into something completely different but at the same time it also maintains mm. that central theme throughout the whole song um, like the um, Zara McFarlane album we reviewed last week Eric like this album is stylistically for me intriguing and really interesting um, it's not your paint by numbers record I, th- I thought the song- songwriting was really strong the production was great and really varied um, mm. like it's skirted around the edges of like US style R&B but there's obviously, as we're saying, there's obviously something cool going on in the UK at the moment um, with this 100%. sort of off-kilter R&B fusion. It's amazing. And, like, this makes it like a handful of UK albums we've done over the last few weeks with, like, Leon La Harvest and Sarah yep. McFarlane. So massive yep. props to that scene. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I can't agree with you more. Um, but there's something, I guess... There's something about that that suddenly having sort of sat with all of those records over the last few weeks... I, I felt as though this one kind of was just sort of another part of this canon of music mm. um, without it sort of standing out in the way that, say, Leanna Harvest and, um, and Zara McFarlane's records stood out. Mm. I feel as though we're in this really exciting time of, of high-level musicians, amazing songwriters with, you know, an incredible grasp of harmony and, and vibe and style making records but because there's so many of these great songwriters coming up now, these kind of records for me, and this one in particular, the Danae Moore one, just sort of sat within this genre as opposed to popping right out of it. Mm. Um, that was my first take. I was like, this is great, um, but it's, uh, it's really reminding me of this kind of, I, I, I wouldn't know what even to call it. Is it kind of a new wave of UK soul or, or some kind of, I, I wouldn't be able to categorize it, but it certainly felt, like it sat in the world of Zara McFarlane and Leanna Harvest as well. So for me, with those as luminaries, this didn't hit as hard as as the two previous that I've stated. Mm-hmm. I did have a few art, um, songs that I, I thought were standouts. Interestingly, we ha- none of us have been unanimous on this. Um, my, <laughs> fa- my favorite three was actually Turn Off The Radio. I really liked that song. I loved the song Hail. And I thought Motherless Child was just amazing. Um, 
So they, if, if I was listening to this for the first time and sending it to some friends, I'd say these are the three tracks to kind of enter in on for Danae Moore. Um, overall, strong record. Clearly, a lot of work's gone into it. Sounds amazing. Um, is it something that's sort of like a standout fave album for 2020? For me, not not quite there. Okay, well, like I listened to this a number of times this this week because I felt like I needed it deserved that because it wasn't yeah straight away accessible, and so my take on it after after the, a number of listens is that it's a stone cold winner. Like it's bombastic, okay. it's intense, it's joyous. Like I'm I'm so happy that we're doing this podcast so I know about artists like Danae Moore. Like I had no idea who she was last week, and mm-hmm. like she's out there pushing musical boundaries and. Like to me, it shows what popular music can sound like if you listen with an open mind. That's 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 my take on it. Um, and I, I still feel like I haven't quite unwrapped this album yet, um, and that there's yeah. there's many delights still to, to still to discover. Um, the two songs that I went for, Arik, we're in a grants on one of these Ooh. songs. Hail was amazing. Um, like it had a very Bjorkish. Um, vocal and production style that I really loved, and the more I listened to this album, I I did pick up lots of Bjork um, references, especially in her upper register, and she'd go for these long reaching notes that were very Bjorkish. Um, and the song after Hail to the Brink, uh, I I really love that song as well. Um, so I thought this album was amazing. Like I think. Um, yeah, those those three albums that we've listened to, the La Havis, Sarah McFarlane and this album, they're all they come as a trio for me. And yep. yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well I guess uh maybe, Yeah. perhaps we should go to scores and maybe we'll talk about why we gave it what we gave it. So I might start. For me, I'd probably give this uh six out of ten. So six hundred uh on the spring count of the Sealy Posturepedic Chiro Care Mattresses 350 Settlement Road Thomastown score chart. Um, again, I I score this a six out of ten in comparison with other brilliant records. So if I was to if I was to look at it completely objectively and you know compare it to say like a Taylor Swift album, I'd probably give it a much higher score. But I am comparing it to to that scene that's coming up in the UK at the moment, and that's why. I'm kind of giving it a six versus, say, like the Anna Harvest eight. Um, yeah, I'm definitely up for listening to this again and and will do so. What about you, Niasha? What did you get to on your score? Yeah, I think maybe because I was at the time that I listened to it, it was more of like I'm listening to the album to review it. So I never got the chance to actually sit with the album. But I do love the song Hail. I have to agree with all of you on that. I think that's it's a beautiful song. Um, and I did say Slate. I like just like discovering how artists phrase things and just how interesting and intricate that was mm. um, in the way that she did that. Um, she kind of reminds me of like FKA Twigs mm, a little mm, bit. Mm. Mm, yep. Just in terms of like um, if we were to put her in like a genre or in a in a league with the similar sounds and um, yeah, that electronic but alternative R&B kind of situation i think sure yeah i would i would say fk twigs yeah is like totally. one that she can relate to in that sense um but um for it to be kind of underground in a sense 
and the way that the production comes through the way that her voice is mixed as well mm. and just like the blend i would actually give it uh 10 let's go 596 596 <laughs> all right so that's like we're, we're thinking good firm basis could probably be a little bit more supportive of the back, but five ninety six is yeah. A, yeah, it's a solid mattress. Yeah, I think it's five ninety six because I might have to. There's some albums that you need to listen to them over and over again until yes. you're like, ah, now I see what you did there. Well, you we might, I might, I might like flip you a text like Thursday this week and see uh, see after after you've listened to it a couple of times if the uh, the mattress firmness scale comes up a little bit and we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll bring that up at our next podcast that'd be great whether she's moved yeah, to a queen size because, bed you know you might be twisting and turning then after a while you're like mm, i, I kind of like this mattress do you know what i mean yeah yeah, 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 yeah i yeah. thought it was a little bit too soft but yeah snug snug so okay snug yeah good night's sleep yeah all right what about it's you like i tried it in a, i tried it in the what's it called in bed shed in this cap- and then i was Snooze. like ah. but then maybe if i take it home and i sleep on it then yeah pop on your high thread count sheets with your nice doona exactly you know i I need a night with it yeah i get i I get that i can either give it you know get my refund back or totally 30 day 30 day uh return policy on the uh danae record what about you did you just mention another um bed company on this podcast bed shed no no no, no no oh shit okay bed shed there's scandal bed shed is not the unofficial sponsor uh however on, bed my shed, bad, my bad, my bad. i take it back well the reason why i said bed shit right don't say it again because it was out of my original like how i listen to music it's not it's out of you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like typically, you'd go to Cairo Care to get your mattress. Exactly. But, but, but then y'all, ac- y'all sent me to bed shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, "What the?" F-? Basically. So it's your what? fault. We can't. Yeah. Keep, <laughs> can't keep saying bed shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna rate this. Um, I am gonna bust out the. Uh, 800 count Egyptian cotton sheets Ooh. and then spread them wow. luxuriously across okay. my, my Cairo, my Cairo care mattress. And I'm just going to luxuriate in it, you know, <laughs> all night. And I'm just going to put this album on. I'm going to put my neurophones on. I'm just going to lay with Danae Moore and, and just enjoy it. And I'm going to give this album 800 out of a thousand. All right. That's so beautiful. we've got, we got five ninety six. Someone yep, had to yep, give it. Yep, I think What's we're the all kind of. Uh, maybe we should do an average. <laughs> no, no, maybe we should do an average. <laughs> actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna average it out. Five point nine six is right gonna now, throw Sean. it I out. It's, I think we're all into it, but we've all got different kinds of like standards when it comes to um, sleep. So we got five ninety six from Niasha. We got eight hundred from Wise. I forgot what my score was. Was it? I think it was a nine. I think it was. It's Nine? Oh, no, 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 I think it was, <laughs> that was a, a six. It was a 600. I think it was, it was a 600. 600. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so 596 add 800. Oh, 596 add 800. Add 600. Divided by three. 6.5. Overall, the overall mattress count on this is 665.33 yeah. on the spring count. So that's not going <laughs> to do it for me. I love that. 
That's not going to do it for me. That's the extra bounce. It is the extra bounce. Speaking of extra bounce, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you, Nyasha, once again for bringing some extra bounce to our podcast today. Yay. Thank you so much for coming along. Where I want to thank. Where the claps? Oh, All right, yeah, here we go. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Let's no, get not you from you. You know those. We'll yeah. Put, yeah we'll oh yeah, post. we'll put that. We've got some. We've got some canned. We've got some canned audience uh, that we will put yeah. that in later on. Waza, thank you again for uh, for being the 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 patriarch of this amazing initiative and and keeping us all honest and um and i guess <laughs> thank we? you again thank you again to the listeners who have tuned in all 19 of you we really appreciate your support was there any final comments oh look nyasha it's been lovely locking horns with you in episode four i hope we get to do it again let's go <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, go I after this let's just stop this podcast let's and go it for again. it am i a permanent um a permanent host <laughs> i've got a feeling no, i've got a feeling much. I've, co- oh, I've got a feeling we'll, we'll be definitely permanent. having you back, Nyasha. Thank you so much. I don't hey, Before you Thank go, you, any, anything exciting coming up for you, like <gasps> post-COVID? I believe you got, you're working on a record. You've got a, got a couple of tracks coming up. I'm glad you asked. So first and foremost is a track that is a little Ooh. bit, the alter ego version of me is releasing okay. a track, <laughs> which is <laughs> um, a little bit different from the Boss Queen, Boss Queen, Don't Settle vibe. Um, uh, yeah, it's a song about entanglements basically okay. and <laughs> it's coming out soon so probably in um mid-september round about there there's a little okay. bit of a song that's coming out um yeah all right all right so we're I gonna might come back so own. you guys can rate it and i can fight with was about it <laughs> yeah yeah we'll bring, you, we'll bring you back in to rate it and um and you and yeah. was can lock horns about it 10 out of on, 10. The, on that episode yeah i don't give 10 perfect <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, look out for Niasha's uh, new track coming out September. Was a thank you again uh, for your uh, amazing leadership and guidance. This has been the All Music Is Good podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye.